This is Faith Revisited. Welcome to the podcast. On Faith Revisited, we'll talk about our own church as we're constantly trying to adapt to an ever-changing world as a downtown historic church. We'll talk about United Methodist Matters as our denomination faces an exciting and uncertain future. We'll explore church leadership in the 21st century. And we'll talk to different faith leaders about their perspectives of religion today, how we can be more authentic, stop alienating people, and how faith is more important than ever to connect us to God and each other. Hey, maybe we'll touch on a topic that speaks to exactly where you are in your faith. We won't know until we try, right? Let's do it. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Faith Revisited podcast with Ben and Molly. Here we are again. Here we are. We've got three more adulting lessons or areas and groups of lessons, I guess it is, (laughs) um, that we want to discuss today. We've had such a good time in the last episode. I hope if you have not already listened to it, go back to part one, go through that episode, and then you can sort of jump in here at part two. Or frankly, there's really no rhyme or reason to this, so Part two, then go back to part one after. Yeah. Whatever works for you. There's no cliffhangers, I promise. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, here we are. Three more areas of lessons we're learning in adulting. Yeah, here we go. So we're going to start with self, whether that be like self-awareness or priorities Mm -hmm. in self. Um, What are some adulting lessons or realizations you've had? Oh, and we're talking about this in middle, we're in middle age, like- out yeah. of our 20s. Let's, I guess, preface that again. We're out of our 20s. Um, I'm in my mid-30s. You hit 40 and it's a new phase of life. Yes. So um, I want to start with you and I'll, and I'll chime in, but the reason is there's a whole episode about me and recovery um, that I've shared with uh, George Acevedo and, and shared in a couple of areas. And that's a big piece of the self Mm-hmm. that I'm dealing with. So listeners can go back and get a much more in-depth answer there, but I want to hear, they have not heard you share on this topic. So what do you think? Man, I think self for me, as it stands in my adulthood journey, I am, I, I don't know how to phrase this without sounding like crass, but I don't, I don't care as much what other people think about me or what I do. And, um, I just don't give any F's, um, what other people think of how I parent, how I live my life, what cars I have in my driveway. Um, it's a freeing realization and it also takes so much pressure off of trying to be a perfect human being with unattainable goals or, you know, you can go down the list of what people think you should be and you can never hit that. Um, I feel so much peace that I am in my own path and on my own journey. And it does not matter what Sally who next door is doing, or even a friend that is, you know, is raising a baby differently than I am, or um, I just am super happy and content with my own priorities and my own journey. And it really doesn't matter what even, you know, parents think or stuff like that. I've, I've had really good 
I don't know, self-work in that area that, yeah, social media doesn't really like the people showing off their multi-million dollar homes or, you know, super skinny bodies. It, that has no effect on my life. So I feel very at peace. What, what, was there any one thing, um, that brought you to that really, I mean, that's a pretty big realization to come to, especially some would say in your mid thirties is, is pretty early to come to it. So good yes, for you. I agree. But to be was fair, there, was there one pivotal thing that happened? No, I've always had a lot of confidence and I wish I could learn how to bottle up the self-esteem that I have and sell it. You know, what I think yeah. happened is I've, I, this is sounds silly, but I used to win a lot growing up. Um, and whether that be like everyone got a participation trophy or, you know, I was right on the start of that type thing or, you know, I won a lot in dance competitions. I was a part of a good team. You know, I was on the rowing team in college <laughs> freshman year. I jumped in and we won almost every meet. So I have this attitude of everything. You can win at everything. And so I don't see failure as failure just doesn't happen. Expectations are different. A path could go a different way, but I don't think anything I'm doing in my life, I have a possibility to fail at. Um, even, you know, if something happens and I have to file for bankruptcy, I don't see that as a failure in a business or something like that. Like, you know, things probably happened and lessons were learned and let's continue and move on for the next one. So I think that's part of why I'm just really content and happy with my life and not looking outside into what others are doing. Does that all make sense? I, I've been trying to hammer this out myself because I wish I could teach others how to do this, but I just think, I think I'm winning at every single thing because there's no failing in my life. Failure at least doesn't derail you. Correct. It's just a bump and it's still could be devastating, but you keep going, you adjust course, you figure it out, you know? That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's great. I mean, as somebody who's <laughs> struggled most of my life with fear of failure, um, <laughs> having someone on the opposite scale who does not believe in it at all. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, and, and fear of failure has kept me from doing things that I wish that I would have done. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I came to a similar or am coming to a similar realization as you, it, it just took taken me longer mm -hmm. and probably have, I've had to sort through some deeper underlying issues, um, to get past some of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I've talked about recovery and, you know, as of today, I mean, I'm over 18 months sober and, 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 you know, and, and that's the thing, a lot of people elect to be sober and I, and I'm reading that's becoming more and more popular that people just go, I'm, I'm going to be sober. And I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. And I'm sober this year. I yeah, haven't drank going, Yeah, That's awesome for you. And then part of me is going, I wish that I could have just chose to do that Yeah, yeah. Um, because that was a very difficult thing, but there's yeah. no like resentment over it. It's just, it's like being, you know, it's like being a diabetic. I mean, mm -hmm. I, 
you can't eat sugar when you're yeah. diabetic. Sugar tastes great. Diabetics know it. Um, I just can't have alcohol because mm-hmm. I don't know how to stop. Um, but underneath all of that really gets into the questions of like, well, well, what made me, how did that become a symptom of other things? And fear of failure was one of those things mm-hmm. that I struggle with you know, what if I fail? And then the anxiety was, I had to self-medicate. And a lot of that comes from like, you know, what's, what's the real fear of that? Well, if I don't succeed, then I won't be loved. And if I'm not loved, then I'm alone, you know, all these things. Yeah. And I think for most of us, their underlying issues of varying degrees that are underneath struggles we have. So that self-awareness piece that you're talking about, I think it's a big uh, lesson I'm learning about self that I wish I could help others learn, which is you don't have to fix them. Mm-hmm. You just have to know one. Yeah. Just know one. And all of these like lessons we're talking about, especially with self, unfortunately, we can't just give you it on a platter and it automatically works in your life. You know, this is the thing about like self-help books and you know, nonfiction is you can read all you want, but finishing that book about how to have more drive is not going to actually give you more drive. You have to sit down and do the work yourself. And so what I'm going through, my journey has been completely different from your journey. And that doesn't take away from either of ours. Uh, I just wish I could, you know, sometimes bottle something up and give it to someone else because that's, you know, what they need or they struggle with. But we all have our things we're going through. I just care a lot less about what other people think of me. And um, man, the having like low price, low expectations for the whole thing with like having a child and raising them for the first year and everyone gets so hyped up and anxious about all this stuff. And I just kind of took it as it came and day by day and I have a great child. And well, you know, one of, the, one of the components of that, that self-awareness too, and, and you're probably figuring this out again quicker than than most, is all that anxiety is self-inflicted. Yeah. Because if you stay back long enough to actually ask what others expected, they're like, we don't, we're trying to figure out our own stuff. We yeah, no one's about thinking that. about you as much as you're thinking about you. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't give a shit what you're yeah. doing. Like, cool, that's great. Yeah. But like, everyone is so self-consumed because it takes Mm -hmm. a lot of energy to do that 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 when you really begin to realize like oh no one's really judging me as much as I as as much as I think they are which means as much as I'm judging myself yeah that's a lesson that you've been learning a lot oh boy yeah 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 and getting (laughs) out of the way sometimes can be one of the wisest things you can do we'll talk about that in vocation and work Mm -hmm. um another thing with self that I'm beginning to learn and this may be I don't know silly I've, ne- I've not known how to have fun, like truly have fun for a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm way too serious. You are. <laughs> and yeah, very serious. And, <laughs> and I, but I do enjoy like having fun. Yeah. I love to laugh. I love yeah. funny things. I mean, so I guess that's an element of having fun, but something as simple as one of the greatest joys in my life is I bought a, a bike a while back mm-hmm. and I ride a quarter mile down the street to my gym. I could walk to my gym, but yeah. I'd rather ride the bike. And I ride through downtown Savannah at like 5 a.m. And there's something about a bike. And I read this is that a, a, a bike 
goes fast enough that you can see the world in a different way than if you were just walking. But because your body is propelling it, it the bike becomes an extension of you, mm. whereas a car never really does that. Yeah. So it's so why you can kind of zone out while you're driving and all that, but a bike you notice and, mm-hmm. and, and there's something just freeing about riding a bike. You feel like it's the wind up against your yeah. face. Yeah. 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 So I love riding my bike. Um, I told, I declared this to my wife, so I might as well manifest it. Mm-hmm. I'm super jealous for our listeners who don't know my wife and Molly and another woman from our church went surfing a few weeks ago. Yeah. And my wife loved it. Yeah. Love. Now, did you know how to surf before y'all? I've been from California. I've been surfing. To... Yes. Figure. Yeah. It's been so, a long so time. You're but but, okay. but you're, it was like riding a bike for you. It was like, you know, I, I can do this, you know, Ish. kind of thing. Yeah. I, I declared to my wife at vacation. I was like, I want to surf now. Good. Like I, I want to surf and, and maybe, yeah. maybe I'll come surfing some, like I just, it's the next physical feat that I want to do. Um, it's surfing. That's super that. cool and fun for everybody. Like finding things that are just fun and, and joyful. new. Yeah. And try new things kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, let's take a step beyond self into spiritual life and spirituality religion um when we look at adulting yeah how does that look that's you know i read a book kenda creasy dean's almost christian and there was a study done about 20 years ago that says the majority of people who claim to be christian top out at whatever the last um in maturity they top out at whatever the last um, transitional right they went through was. So for a lot of people, it's confirmation mm-hmm. and that's the, and, and they kind of just float through and go to church, maybe, maybe not, and all this kind of stuff. I think one of the most important things spiritually to learn, and this is cliche because I'm a pastor, but I really mean <laughs> this as a person. It has to be a priority in your life and something that you take seriously, as seriously as you do your hobbies or learning for your job or whatever it may be, because that is the stuff that when you go through the hard moments of life, the the losses, the grief, the transitions, the aging, the, the worry, the doubt, all the stuff that comes with just being a human being, that's the stuff that will buffer and sustain you. And if you're not actively seeking to grow in your spiritual life, then then I feel like we're putting ourselves at a detriment that that our boats, metaphorically speaking, cannot carry the kind of freight that life will inevitably bring. That's great. Yeah. What do you think? In echoing that a little bit, the onus is on you as an individual. Um, it's a muscle that you have to keep working and flexing and growing. And it's a very individual journey. So how you feel about something has, you know, how you grow that and how uh, you practice spirituality has a lot to do with yourself and your discipline. And Mm -hmm. it's not going to look the same as someone else. No, no. And, and, and for pastors out there, learning to do things like pray and reflect and contemplate and read scripture and and all these things in ways that you're never going to share it with your congregation. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to do that for a long time because you come across something good or insightful and you're like, oh, this is going to be great for a sermon. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, there keep that things. for yourself. Lock it in your box. Yep. That's right. And there's some things that it's just, it's going to be mine and it's for my enrichment. And then where the congregation and others come in is it will pay dividends over time as I grow as a follower of Christ mm-hmm. to, to better serve. But no, it's yours. Like you said, it, it, the onus is on you individually. Yeah. And you do have a neat position as a pastor because things that you say on a Sunday that you may not think lasts or hits an impact with someone, like someone there got something out of that and it may show up again in their life months, years later, that maybe just a little tidbit they always kind of keep in the back of their mind. So it's a neat way to put a hand on someone and have that lasting impact Mm -hmm. as a pastor. Mm -hmm. But I really do agree. Yeah, I mean, what you're saying now is like, it's paying dividends for years in that per- that rest of that person's life. And it may not be something that you notice and you don't have to speak in quotes and memes and things that are going to make this profound stuff. But there are some sermons that I have, you know, in memory and I'm like, man, the, like what he said there, that stays with you. And that is what yeah. you can kind of keep thinking on. So good on you, Ben. No, that's- that's help. That's very helpful. Thank you. <laughs> and and one of the aims of preaching for me is I always tell people I preach for me mm-hmm. stuff that I need to hear, um, which is t- super selfish. But I'm trusting that if I know myself as a person separate from pastor, then if I'm preaching for me, Someone odds else. are. I'm lifting up the human experience for someone else. hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah. And that's meaningful. Um, and I think you'll get further doing that than if you're just have the Bible that you're reading in front of a group of people. And that's all that the information they're getting, you know, you tie it in in a different way. Well, and I would be remiss if I, if I didn't say part of the spiritual life, for me is connecting with church. And, and I know it's like cliche for the pastor to say that, but to do all of these things that need to be done and experience life and walk through these things and grow and everything we're saying, it's one thing to do it by yourself in isolation. It's a different thing to do it with people who are doing it themselves walking their own journeys. But, but you, you, I I think about this story, a friend told me of, older couple and they were making a decision at church about you know tearing down this old chapel to build a youth center church was growing they needed a youth center they couldn't expand anymore so it was either get rid of the old chapel had been there a hundred years or build a youth center and this older couple in their 80s come up and they were at the age that they both you know had a had a, a one had a cane the other had a walker and they stood at the microphone as a town hall setting and they almost leaned shoulder to shoulder into each other because to stand up and speak together it took physical energy that they both needed they needed to kind of lean in and you know prop each other up And they, of course, tell the story about they got married in that chapel some 65 years earlier and all these other things, but that they felt that there were young people who they once were, if they needed the space to be, you know, to reach them, then we ought to give this to them. And of course, it won the vote and all that. But my friend who's the pastor there took from that the lesson of what it means to lean into each other to share these important moments. 
And I think that's at our very best what we do in the church is that we learn how to lean into life together and know that whatever stuff I'm going through, that I'm not alone. I'm trying to find that quote because I know it's on our Instagram somewhere, but something about, is it change happens in circles, not rows, or you've said something like- Yeah, life change happens in circles, not in rows. Yeah, that's Andy (laughs) Stanley. Yeah, okay. I just remember you said it during a sermon and I wrote it down and I feel like I posted it somewhere, but um, yeah, you need those people around you as well. We need each other. We need each other. And that's why our church, we don't get it right all the time, but at our best is when we reinforce that. Love that. Love it. So let's go on to our final category in adulting lessons and um, what we've learned. And that's work. Work. Work smirk, right? <laughs> I mean, that's all you do is, I mean, that's all we do as humankind is work. And, you know, in the U.S., a lot of people, you just came back from a vacation, which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, I can't We're remember the last time. People. How, how do we how do we talk about the transition? I think we've both sort of gone through when it yeah. comes to work. So I've, I have a lot of businesses, but I own my own business and being self-employed means you kind of work all the time and you're never off. Um, and the ceiling doesn't exist. You can keep going to the ends of the earth until it will kill you. Um, there's no limit to what you can do. And I think what I'm starting to realize, and these are conversations that my husband and I have talked about since we own the business together is, man, it's not about money. Like it, if money's the driving force behind the work you do, you're going to be miserable and you're never going to be happy and you're never going to have a life outside of work. So we're starting to try and figure out how to have a balance, how to have different priorities. And that's not a lesson we have perfected. It's a lesson that we're starting to talk about to try and figure out how to do that. But I, it's probably different from people with a nine to five job um, where there's you know, maybe a clear line of you go from specialist to manage, it's not different. You're shaking your head no. So, yeah. I had uh, somebody tell me that because I said the same thing once because, you know, I'm, a, I'm in ministry and it's very self-driven and same things you just said. And I had somebody say, nope, they just find unhealthy ways to live outside of work. Mm. And yeah. it's because most human beings, I don't think, and we're Americans and we're yeah. programmed to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and works righteousness. So whoever works, you know, whoever works the hardest is yeah. the, the best. And we're all martyrs and, you know, and, and we overwork just to be a martyr. Someone yeah. says, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so tired and stressed. Stress at like, the badge oh. of honor. Yeah. And yeah. Badge of honors. Look at so-and-so. I almost wonder like, how are you doing? And someone goes, you know, I'm very well rested. I've cut back a little bit on work and uh, I feel more balanced. Someone go, what? Um, yeah, I, I think Anne Lamont said something like, we're all computers. And when we get too frazzled, when in doubt, just, just turn it off and unplug it. Yeah. You know, to fix yeah. it. Yeah. And, and, and I think we don't know how to do that because that takes the humility of understanding that Sabbath 
which is biblical. Mm-hmm. God took a rest and somehow we don't think we need to take a rest. But it's also a reliance on God that says, if I stop working, the world will continue to turn because I'm not in charge, but God is. Yeah. And that's hard for most of us. We don't word it that way. We mm-hmm. word it as, well, I've got too much to do and I have this and I have And it's like, no, no, no. What we're really saying underneath that is we don't think the world can turn unless we're working. Yeah. Well, it's a self-importance thing too. Like, well, I have value here and I need to add my value to the universe. And, and that's an interesting way where self and uh, work connect because the question that is really at the, the heart of how we understand ourselves is where do you derive your value? Mm-hmm. the work I do, the position I hold, the power I have, the money I accumulate, get, or does my value come because I'm created in the image of God and God's love is in me and through me before I've done anything to earn it. Yeah. That's two different ways of seeing your value. And I can tell you, I've preached one and I've lived the other. Yeah. You've held both hands, both sides. Oh. Absolutely. So work, I have a friend who's pastors a very large church now, and he told me early on, he said, Ben, let me give you some of the best advice in pastoring I can ever give you. I said, what's that? He said, work smart, not hard. Yeah. I said, really? So you're a hard worker. He said, no, I'm a smart worker. For example, he said, work your tail off the first year at church and you can begin to take vacations starting in year two. And you'll always be remembered as the pastor who worked their tail off. He said, the flip side is you can take your first year, slough off, be lazy, then work the next 10 years like crazy. And you'll always be remembered as the lazy pastor. Yeah. So he said, no when to work hard, no when to, you know, unplug and rest. And, and, and understanding how to do that also within a certain balance that does not do things that we've talked about in this episode, in the previous episode, like forsake your family mm-hmm. or lose your priority of God in your life mm-hmm. or you know, misconstrue who's really in charge in this world. I read, I listened to a book recently and you introduced me to Carrie Newhoff, but I read his yeah. book called At Your Best. And it's how to get time, energy, and priorities working in your favor. And that's, I think I only, I don't know if I've finished that book, um, but it really hit home with some of his points of, he talked about burnout in the beginning and um, it's a great book. Recommend that one. Yeah, he had burnout and that book was born out of that link. We should link that in the show notes. One of the interesting things that uh, Carrie uh, does and I, I think it's in the book I actually was using his resources before it became a book mm-hmm. around that but he does a, an energy audit yes and yeah. understanding what points of the day I have the most energy and what points I have the least energy mm-hmm. and he says you need to match up your priorities to your energy levels so things of most important priority need to be in your high energy times low importance need to be in the low energy for example if sermon writing is your thing or your biggest work task of the week or whatever it is. If you're a morning person, make it what you do in the mornings. If you're a right after lunch person, make it that that's what you do there. Then you have your low energy times, do things like check email, Mm -hmm. which he says, most of us are so compulsive about being needed. We don't realize, and we burn a lot of our good energy just constantly checking email. 
yeah, welcome to my life. So <laughs> yes, uh, oh, that was good. That's a good book. Yeah, I'm so glad that you, that you read that book. That's yeah. really, really good. I mean, I took a couple years hiatus, talk about self. Um, I took a couple years hiatus from any self-development whatsoever because I consumed too much of it. And then I was like, I'm not living up to any of these expectations. So I'm going to stop reading any of it, but I've started dabbling more. Um, and I just think it's important to pull out different lessons that are relevant to you. You don't need to follow someone's advice by the book. So, yeah. Um, sweet. Well, thank you. Those are our three other topics. Again, if you want to listen to the first part of this conversation, it will be in a previous episode. We talked about family and parenting, marriage and friendship. So that one was kind of more about relationships and this was mm -hmm. self spirituality and work. So Ben, this was a great conversation and I'm so glad we were able to have it and I can join you on a podcast episode. Sounds so good. Glad to have you uh, back and uh, look forward to our next conversation. Yeah. Talk soon. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.